One thing I do enjoy is talking, as you all know. That you don't know me, you're sitting on the. Uh, I can talk to a tree. I've never met a stranger. And so evangelism, personal evangelism, comes natural to me. I know that some of us are real shy, but it comes natural to me. I can walk into a grocery store, be standing in line, and be there for 45 minutes to there, go back in the car, die and say, who did you see in the grocery store? I don't know. But what you talk about? Well, we talked about the weather. We talked about this. We talked about that. And so Diane says, and you talk 45 minutes to somebody you don't know? So, but doing personal evangelism. Now, my question is tonight, are you a secret agent for Christ? Now, start out with, number one, what is, what is a secret? When you say, I've got a secret, that means it's you. Or if you tell somebody, I've got a secret, I want to tell you, but don't tell nobody else. That's a secret, right? What's an agent? What's an agent? The go-between. So tonight we're going to talk about <clears throat> are you a secret agent for Jesus? Now a secret agent means you don't tell nothing. A particular place I worked at there was a high official came and the first thing they told us when this a person came was you're not allowed to say one word to that person unless she motions for you to come talk to her. Okay. She had security guards, secret service people in my building. And I'll never forget, I walked up to one of the guys and, and he was opening up the doors and the fire alarms were going off. And I said, sir, you can't do that. I said, every time you do that, I have to call the fire department and tell them, it's, it's not, it's not, we're, we're, you got, it's not a false, it's a false alarm. We've we got some people going through the door, it shouldn't be. So he and I got kind of one-on-one -on -one cutting up with each other. And every once in a while, he would nod his head. Because other people were telling him something I didn't know what he was saying that was top secret. So, are we going to leave? Let me ask this question. Where do we go, go to church? You know, when I went to church as a kid growing up, my stepfather made us carry Bibles. And Bibles, today, it's hard to see. Lots of times, you don't see people carrying Bibles like we used to. When I was growing up, my stepfather would say, How many chapters did you read this week? You better come up with about five or six. Because he'd say to me, if you don't have time to read God's word, then we will cut out TV. Or we will cut out playtime. So are we a Christian? Christian uh, to keep quiet, not share the gospel, we don't want to know, know what people tell know us that we're Christians, do we? To keep it quiet. Keep the secret. Lots of times our co-workers don't even know that we're a Christian because we don't share the gospel. And I preached a sermon when I was in Harrisburg. I said, what if we were standing in line before Jesus and one of your co-workers was standing in front of Jesus and he said, depart from me, I don't know you. And then all of a sudden that person turned around and said, I've worked with you 30 years and you never mentioned Jesus one time to me. That's sad, isn't it? That's sad. So as we go along, we see that in the stores, we don't share the gospel like we should. We're secret agents. Not too long ago, well, it's been several years, I'll take it back. Several years ago, I was in a store, and I heard this woman talking to this pastor, and she said, I need prayer. Well, they just pull aside and start praying for each other. Oh, wow. So a couple weeks after that, I was in the same store, and, and uh, 
They were in front of me in the checkup line, and the guy said, be sure to pray for me and my family. He said, we're going through some hard times right now. So they went on check out through the checkup line. As I get ready to go out the door, the three guys were over here praying. That woke me up. Here I am, supposed to be a Christian. I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't know whether I'm going to do that in a store or not. I don't want people making fun of me. See, you see how we do? We want to be a secret agent. But you know what? When you tell a secret, it'll get out. I'll never forget the first time that Jonathan and Megan told us that we were going to have a grandbaby, our first grandbaby, and he said, and don't tell! Well, my sisters had grandkids. And I'm like, I can't even tell my sister. He said, no, I don't want it on Facebook yet. You know how hard it was to keep my mouth shut that I'm going to be a grand grandpa and that I'm going to be a grandma? That was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. And, you know, sometimes we walk around, we're Christians, but we look like the Benny Clemens all day. There's no joy. You know, Christians should be the happiest people in the world. Now, don't get me wrong, we go through trials and tribulations, and, and, and our body sometimes gives us a, a, a headache, but we should have a smile on our face, because you know what? We have a peace of God that the world doesn't have. In a nutshell, let's let the secret out. Let's tell people about Jesus. There's different ways. For example, I'm a talker. I walk up to people and we talk about the weather. Next thing I'm saying, do you go to church somewhere? Some of you are not talkers. Some of you are saying, start out with this. I know some of you here are good cooks. I know one particular cook, she's made some banana pudding here not too long ago. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Share your recipe and then the first thing you know, you go from there to there. That's a start. I love this. People watch you and then they know whether you're a Christian or not the way your actions are. I was years ago, and some of you all know, Pastor knows, and, and, and a couple of, we used to own a farm on Count's Ferry called Mint Springs Farm. And in the 80s, we decided to sell the farm, and, and we had some very extremely expensive cattle. And we took that cattle to Wise, Virginia. And here I am, I'm washing this cow down, and I've got mud and everything all over me. And this guy that I never knew, never met him in my life, he says to me, excuse me, sir. And I turn around, water all over me. It's hot. And I thought he was going to ask me something about the cow. And I said, yeah, what do you need? He said, you're a Christian, aren't you? Well, I like the fellow underneath the cow. I did not know this man at all. And I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, you have a glow about you. See, people know when you're a Christian. So I was, I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay. See, there's a joy and a peace when you're a Christian. And, and, and non-Christians don't have that glow and stuff. They can't relate. You know, it's like two magnets. When you get them together, they, they connect. Your spirits, Christian spirits and Christian spirits connect together. So it's this. It says, let every activity of your lives, and this is in Galatians chapter 3, verses 17 and 23. Let every activity of your lives and every word come from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Northern One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father, because Christ Jesus 
has done for you. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for your others. You know, I love to fish. I love fish. I haven't done a lot of it for years, but I love to fish. And one thing about fishing I learned real quick is there sometimes I'm glad I caught something and I have to clean it and have a nice fish fry. There are times that I've caught fish I wish I could give away. Most times people say, are they clean? And there are sometimes I'm glad I hadn't caught anything. When we go out to save and fish for souls, one thing about it is once you hook them, the Holy Spirit kicks in and God can, and He cleans them for you and we don't have to worry about it. Are you, are, you, are you listening to what I'm saying? And Christ is coming someday. I can tell you when it's coming. But I want to tell you some statistics that has blown my mind. In 2020, a survey was taken. 65% of those are not identified as Christians. 94% of adult Christians made the decision for Christ under the age of 18. I'm going to tell you all something. Children's church, youth, and young adults are the most prime time to win them to Jesus. Diane and I love kids. We we laugh. We think, well, uh, you know, maybe we, we were too old to do this. But Diane and I have been doing children's ministry for 46 years. We've been married 45. We've been doing 46 years in children's ministry. I read a uh, here not too long, a real good friend of mine, and I thought I, I had her beat, but she's been doing children's ministry for 49 years and still doing it. So the child, when you hear and you spread the gospel to the child, he don't go, well, well, what if? What is this? What about that? He don't analyze, he accepts it and goes on. 6% of adult Christians made their decision to follow Christ over the age of 18. 73% of Christians believe it is their responsibility to share their faith. Here's the kicker. Only 52% have actually shared their faith at least once with someone in the last year. Sound like we're being a secret agent. You think, wow. Sharing the, sharing the gospel is this. When you come up, you share your faith. I was at, <clears throat> at a work, and this happened two, two different times to me. And I'll never forget it. I worked at Frankfurt, and I worked in Louisville, not I did. We had very, very busy schedules. By the fact, we worked here when, when Joanne was living with us and, and, and this. And truck drivers would come in and bring us bottles, and we had to unload, and I would go check out the load to make sure there was no damage. And I tell the forklift driver, just goes here and there, stuff. So I signed some paperwork for, uh, for a trucker. And I was getting ready to go out there on the line, check my crew. And this guy said, excuse me. And I turn around, I'm thinking he's wanting to know where the, you know, the break room's at or something. He said, are you a Christian? And I said, yes, sir. He said, I thought so. I said, how do you know? He said, well, you can have a peace. He said, I know this business. I said, it gets crazy. And I said, yes. I said, I live in for sales. I have, I have my pastor as much as I can. I'm in children's ministry. I, I do anything I can do to serve the Lord. And he said, I thought so. So 
people are watching me. And when I became a Christian at the age of 10, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I told everybody what happened to me. We had a two-week revival, and I'm telling you, praise God, today we can't get people to come to a three-day revival, much less than two weeks. The farmers would bring the tobacco sticks and let the air come in and circulate. And we, the evangelist preached, I can't tell you the evangelist's name, but I can tell you the pastor's name was there. And they preached and preached and preached. And one of the sermons he preached on Saturday night is, there is a hell. How many sermons you heard about hell lately? And I'll never forget that sermon. And I got home, got in the car, and I said, I don't want to go to hell. And so we get in the car, and we're going there, and, I, and, I, and I'm thinking everything, every word that pastor said. Sunday morning, I couldn't wait fast enough to get to the altar. I gave my heart to Jesus. 2.30 that afternoon, I was baptized in Salt River. It was a cold water, but I tell you, it cleaned my heart. That's the happiest, one of the happiest days of my life. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I'd go in, I'd cry, and I'd come tell my, you know, I met Jesus today. We need to get on fire for Jesus. A lot of times we just stand up here and sing the beautiful songs and listen to the preachers preach. And lots of times, I'm not going to guilty as this. I'm going to be honest. I'll be honest with you. We're family here. I've sat in the pew, heard a preacher preach, a nice sermon, go home, and five minutes later couldn't tell you what he preached. We need to wake up as a church. There's a dying world out there. And it takes us to share the gospel. Well, Terry, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do it like you do. No, I don't expect you to. God has given you anointing, a special anointing. There are things that you all can do to share the gospel that I can't do. I'll never forget we had Diana, had a, what I could call a small Bible study when we lived out in Colorado. And uh, I, we had 30 people in our house. We had a huge basement. I had 30 people. And uh, we preached at 2 o'clock because a lot of guys and girls had to go to work on second shift. And so I thought, I'll start a church on second shift so those people that want to go to church can. So I did. And so I preached one Sunday. And this uh, young couple came and, and become quite faithful. One uh, Sunday after church, he said, he said, I want what you got. What do you mean, you want what I got? He said, I want what you got. And I said, you mean you want to get saved? He said, yeah, I want to get saved. I want the, I want the, the, the happiness and, and, the, and the peace that you got. So we let him in the sinner's prayer. I baptized people in the swimming pools. I fled from even in the cattle troughs. You see, we need to meet Jesus and show them the real Jesus. It's up to you and I. The world's going to turn them this way. The world's going to distract them. John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I used to, and don't get laughing at me either, because it's not fun. I used to raise goats. 62 of them bad boys. Jonathan, my son, and my father-in-law, they, they raised, we raised goats. And one thing I learned about goats is they're very hard-headed. Nothing I learned about goats is this. If they don't know your voice, they'll stay in the back of the field as far, as far back in the field as they can. And so they would 
my father-in-law was going to go in and uh, go out, out of state. And he said, I need you to come and take care of the goats for me. And I said, okay. He said, but you got to come about a week and work with me because they don't know your voice. And it took about a week for them to recognize my voice. And I got to where I could stand in the back of the barn and holler. And them goats would come just run as hard as they could. But at first, I could holler my lungs out. And they would look at me like, who's that guy? You see, my sheep listen to my voice. And I know them. And they, and they will follow me. We need to be a witness. Sometimes, and I've heard people say that waitresses, they dread Sundays because church people can be some of the rudest people because the meal's not cooked right, the meal's not cooked right. We're representative of Christ. And so we got a bad attitude on Sunday when we get out of church, we need to go back to church. I'm sorry, I'll be honest with you, right? We need to be able to be a living example and share the gospel. I'm not saved. I have people go by my house all the time and sometimes I'll stop and say, how are you doing today? I'm not ashamed to ask somebody to go to church. When's the last time you asked somebody to go to church? When's the last time you had, and I'm not in the embarrassing business, but I've got another question to ask you. When's the last time you witnessed somebody that got saved? Like I say, living a Christian life is one of the happiest lives. But also, our job is to be witnesses and, and follow Jesus. You know, the, there's only one way. And it's in verse 2 it says, And the one who enters by the gate, the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper knows, knows his sheep. There's only one way to Jesus, that's through the blood of Jesus. No other way. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. There's only one way to Christ, that's through the blood of Jesus. Then, uh, Diane and I have had people live with us. We've shared the gospel with them. When I was in Harrisburg, uh, as a pastor in Harrisburg, there was a young couple that moved in the parking lot across the parking lot from us. And as soon as church was over, I went right straight to them. Diane and another lady was in the car with us. We was going to go out to eat. I said, are you all moving in? Oh, yes, we are. I said, well, my name is Pastor Terry. I said, well, I invite you to come to church and, and anytime we can help you out. So, you know, and all of a sudden, this young lady looked at me and she said, we're not into that God thing yet. So I get in the car and the lady was with us. She said, I can't believe that lady said to that to a pastor. And I said, you know what? I said, she's not, she's not rejecting me. She rejected Jesus. And I said, I hope and pray that she finds Jesus before it's too late. You see, that's why sometimes we don't go share the gospel because we don't be rejected. But look at it this way. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. And that's why a lot of people don't want to witness. Don't want to witness. Oh, my friend, go and start witnessing to people. There's a little guy on, a, on our road corner of the day and uh, Diane said you need to go see what's going on with him I said okay I had to load some stuff out of the truck and I went there and, and he had this cute little dog now Diane shared something the other night and it's, it, it's true a lot of people now have dogs and if you want to share the gospel go to a park that's got a lot of dogs 
And you can keep a conversation about their little dog. And the next time you go, you're talking about Jesus. So I went up to him and I said, hey, you got a cute little dog. He said, thank you. I said, I got two in there. They're barking. They think they're the boss of the house. And I said, can I help you with something? Can I give you a bottle of water or Pepsi? He said, no. He looked at me and he said, you and I had a conversation last year, didn't we? I said, yeah, we sure did. Building up a relationship. He remembered that conversation. Building up a relationship. Let me ask you a question. Let's say, how many of you, don't no, raise your hand, but how many, I'm going to throw out there. How many of you all just one day say, okay, I'm going to go see Cincinnati Reds go. And, and you just go by yourself. Most times, you're invited, right? The pastor probably said, Terry, i got two tickets. Teresa can't go with me. You want to go see the Reds play? Well, sure. When's the last time you invite somebody to church? Because most people are not going to come to church by themselves. Invite people to church. You can be a walking message. Give you a good example. There was a young couple going down up and down the road, and they stopped one day and asked this guy on the porch, hey, said, would you want to go to church with us? And he said, no, no, I don't think so. Oh, well, you're, you're welcome anytime. So he watched every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, this couple would go to church. This went on and on and on. So he found out that they were going to have a revival. So he goes on Friday night, and then he comes back on Saturday night. And the preacher preached a great sermon and everything, and he goes forward to give his heart to Jesus. And the pastor after that said, Can I ask you what in my sermon changed your life? He said, No offense, Pastor, but it's a young couple that I watched. And I said, If it's important for them, it must be important for me. People are watching you. Be a Christian. Help somebody out. It don't take a few minutes. You know, don't be a stranger. Don't be a stranger. Well, I used to do some work at a retail store, and uh, most people that come in and give you a hard time has had a disagreement somewhere else down the road. And I always from then on said this, when I go into a store, when I go through the cashier, because they usually want to get the bolt. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed day. Now I'm not saying this to be a big pat on the back, but I'm telling you this right now. Try that. Try that. I love sharing the gospel. Like I said, over and over. And I love training, I love teaching kids because kids are so sweet. Their heart are so pure. Lots of times I want a kid to pray for me more than I do some adults because some adults, well, Brother Terry's got this going on. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. People get well or not. I don't want that type of prayer. Yeah. I want a prayer that, God, I want to see, I want to see you work. We well, dying out here in Moorhead. There's a big forest fire. And we got all the kids together. And we said, boys and girls, there's a big forest fire. And we need to pray. We need to pray that some way, somehow, God puts this fire out. So all the kids gathered together and they prayed. Guess what happened? And it wasn't on the map. The weatherman didn't forecast it. It came a snow and put out the forest fire.
Matthew 4 is fire. You see, are we going to keep it a secret that we're a Christian? Or are we going to open up our mouth and tell everybody that we are a Christian? I don't know about you, but I'm going to open my mouth. You know, we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. Well, they don't, they don't care to offend you. You know, I'm going to offend somebody and keep them going to hell. And I've heard every excuse you can imagine why I don't want to, I don't want to go to church. Pastor, I'm sure you have too. But you know what? People get offended at grocery stores and they keep going back to grocery stores. People get offended going at work and they keep going back to work. They get offended at church and they quit. We need our spiritual food because that's what gets us into heaven. And when, this, when Jesus comes by one of standing in front and says, Terry, how many people did you bring with you that got saved? I'm going to have a whole line and say, I don't know. There's so many I can't count, Jesus. Get on fire for him. Get on fire. This church should be packed. Now, I understand that COVID has done a number of all churches. I understand that. And I know we have modern technology that our websites and all that has, has uh, shared the gospel to millions of people. But it's still not the same as the fellowship of believers. Because I can go to you as a church family body and be down and out and you all can lift me up. Vice versa. When we go out and witness to people, you see people with all kinds of hurts. Just standing around in a, in a, around the ball and you'll find out somebody's hurt here and there. There's some people that's got emotional problems. There's some people that's got addiction problems and it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol either. If we don't shine the light, who is? Who is? So you say, well, okay, how do I go about doing this? I didn't think you don't ever ask. So it says, why are we soul winners? God is a personal God. He deals with each of us personally and individually. He knows the different things and different people. There are five reasons why we should be a soul winner. One is because each person matters to God. I don't care who you are, where you come from, how much money you got in the bank, and that you matter to God. So it's our job to say, hey, come and go with me. Let's go to the house of God. Let's pray. Let's do so each person, God deeply loves every person. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't send his son to let God call for us. Because Jesus told us, go and tell. You know, it's hard to keep a secret. My stepfather told this story on me. I, you know, my stepfather, he was something else. Some of y'all that work with him at Savannah knows it. But he was a bit cut up lots of times. And sometimes he's real serious. When he's real serious, you better listen. But he said when he was a little boy one time, you know, we all used to get together Sunday after church. And I'd go to my step-grandparents and stuff. And we'd all go there. So what's, what Christmas they went there, and his uncle pulled him up and said, hey, Marvin, said, I hear y'all went Christmas shopping. He goes, yeah. He said, what'd y'all get me? He said, oh, mama told me not to tell. He said, well, what do you mean, mama? His mom told me not to tell. He said, well, well what kind of box it is? He said, all I know is white. It's got white buttons down it. He couldn't keep the secret. In the same way with the gospel, go and tell. Don't keep the secret here. Go out and tell. Because we love him and he cares the things we care about. 
Do you care about people? I do. When someone's hurting, I'm hurting. Uh, sometimes you'll see me when pastors got when people come to the altar. I'll give Diane my coat. I'll give her my glass because I'm crying like a baby. Sometimes I don't even know these people. And sometimes when pastors pray over a person and I got my hand in, I feel the knowing of God going in their body. And I'm not saying a word. I care about people. I care about people that's not saved. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of people that's not going to make it in heaven. You say, well, you're judging. No, I'm not judging their heart. If you, if you don't accept Jesus, you're not going to make it. Right. Simple as that. So it's us to go and tell. In Matthew chapter 18 and 28, verses 18 and 20. Go further, go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. Sometimes we're afraid to share the gospel, but we're afraid God will send us to some foreign country. We got lost people here in For Sales, Kentucky. We've got lost people in the United States. So if God has not called you to a foreign country, do it here in For Sales. I'll never forget. Diane and I were supposed to go to Africa as a missionary years ago, and John was about four, three or four. And we had this guy come in, and he was from Kenya, Africa. And he went to Asbury College to get his doctor degree. So we invited him over, and I talked to the pastor, and we had him come up to the church there in Moorhead and, and speak. And he said, Terry, he said, before you go to Africa, he said, you need to take two courses, because I don't want you all to get over and get culture shock. I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well get my degree. So I went to the Sorry, got my degree. But at the time, I owned a printing shop. And I have about 25 years of printing experience, offset printing. I do two and three color printing. And so he was at the house, and I went to show him my printing company. So I said, This press right here will do this and this. And I paid $16,000 for this press. And I said, It's amazing that you can take a sheet of paper and, and and divide it up and make three and four colors out of it and turn something out beautiful. And that's on each step I had to do. We got to the house and he said, Terry, he said, I'm going to tell you something. You were so excited about your prop, your shop and your printing and stuff. He said, if we would take that enthusiastic that you had about your printing and tell people about Jesus, he said the world would be saved in no time. And I never forgot that. Get excited. There are people in your family that's not saved. And you say, well, I, I'm witness my family. You might not be able to win those people in your family yet. Pray to God. Say, God, send somebody in their path that they'll listen to. Diane and I, like I said, we used to have homeless. We had all walks of life people who lived in our house. We had new children. And one thing I told them was, you're, when you live with me, you're, you're an example of the pops. It's awful hard to keep a good name, but it's awful hard to easily lose a good name. So when you're out there and you say, oh, where do you live at? I live at the Pop's house. Well, I'm a Christian, so you better act like a Christian. Now, don't get me wrong. I have short tongues too. I'm not perfect. And so I'm telling that. And some of the things that when we would witness to them and try to give them, some of them would listen. Some of them out 
are married to pastors and their pastor wives. One who lived with us is a chaplain at one of the prisons. And then also I've had a couple of us don't heed the warning. But Diane and I did this. When they were living in our house, I said, you don't drink, you don't smoke, and you go to church somewhere, you live in my house. And every time we were there, we'd say grace. How many times have you gone about the rest of you say grace? I'm not going to put you on the spot, but how many? Not too long ago, there was a family in there, and, and they, they bowed their head and they said grace. Of course, we'd say grace all the time. But there was a family there, and, and, and there was one fast food restaurant, and they were saying grace. And I said to them, thank you for saying grace. You don't see that in public anymore. A witness. It was a witness to me that we still have Christian people say grace over them. A child needs to be, when you receive Christ as a child. My grandbabies are five and seven. And they're amazing. The other night, it was a couple weeks ago. They came to their daddy and said, Daddy, we want to be baptized. You'll be baptized? Yeah, we'll be baptized. So they sat down and talked to him. They knew exactly what to do. So they loaded them up, took them to the church, Pastor Hall's church, and they baptized them. We should come like a little child. Our hearts pure, so we can teach people about Jesus. Don't go with the Jonathan when he was four years old. We were in Florida. This guy was 35, I believe it was. And he got to witness to this guy that was 35 years old. A four-year-old witness to a five-year-old, to a 35-year-old man. One afternoon, the guy came and he was out there in the garden. I was drinking a good cold iced tea and stuff, and it was hot. He said, your son came to the door and told me about Jesus. I said, what did he tell you? He told me if I didn't get right with God, I wouldn't make it. I said, well, he said, you need to have to talk to your son. I said, well, he told you the truth. I said, do you have a Bible? He said, somewhere. I said, dig it out and read it. Even a four-year-old child was witness to a 35-year-old man. So it's not the age. Oh, I'm too old. You don't understand. You're never too old to share God's word. Never. God, don't know where it is. Well, what am I supposed to say? Tell me your testimony. You don't have to tell every detail. And the Holy Spirit will take over and give you the words to say. That's the, that's the funniest thing. I'm all people like, when they say something, I'm all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gets on me. Pray this. God, when I wake up in the morning and go about my busy schedule during whatever I do, whether it's at work, whether it's, you know, you're retired or whatever, and you're going to shop and whatever, Put somebody in my path that I can share the gospel. And you'll be surprised who God will send. you got to trust Him. Don't be worried about, oh, well, what if I make a mistake? You're not going to make a mistake when God's in, in, in control. We sung a song tonight, and I'm glad you all sung that song, Won't Heaven Be Wonderful There. We don't realize what heaven's going to be like. Just think, Moses didn't see Jesus face to face that we're going to get to. It's a sad story. I worked at a place and uh, this woman, I had my Bible in the back seat of my car. And she said, Terry, oh, said, what do you do with that Bible in your car? I said, well, I forgot to take it outside of the church. 
She said, you and I go to church pretty faithful, don't you? I said, yeah. She said, well, said, my family and I, we're probably, our family's going to have a big party in hell. That's probably where we're going to go. And I said, let me tell you something. Number one, you don't have to. Your family don't have to. Second thing is, if you think you're going to go to hell and have a party, you got it all wrong. Because hell's going to be hot. There's going to be gnashing of teeth and there's going to be fire. So that's not a joking matter, I told her. I said, you need to get it right with God. Your whole family needs to get right with God. But you see, that's the way the world thinks. Oh, it's okay. If I go there, that's okay. Not too long ago, I was around, not this, last year, when this guy said, if there's a God, let's kill him again. You need, somebody needs to witness him. It's up to us to share the gospel. There are so many people that are unchurched that it's unreal. You can take kids today, and they are smart. My grandbabies can take my cell phone and make it practically talk. I better can turn it off and on. They can go to school and do algebra or geometry and make some of us look sick. Some of them can go into sports and really good at it. But they don't know the first thing about church in the Bible. And sometimes, it is sad to say, sometimes we go to church and we don't listen and we don't, un don't know where things are at. <clears throat> Take church serious. Take what the pastor says serious about the gospel. Because I'll tell you what, when you do that, then you'll be able to share it all and say, and this is where it's found out, and this is what the scriptures say, and this is getting you out of the situation. The Bible is a roadmap to heaven. And if you want to go to heaven, read the Bible. Read the Bible. So, you know, it's, it's a saying, life's telling you about the goats. They will, in verse 5, but they will never follow the voice of a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Do you know Jesus? Do you know his voice? Now, Brian and I, we, we pick at one another all the time. Kind of like me and Brother Ken, we pick at one another all the time. But listen, I want to ask you something. Lots of times, if we're on the street, let's say we're Brian and I walking down the street and, and all we hear all these noises, sirens going on, horns are walking and carrying on. There's a lot of distraction. And I'm asking Brian, where's the street headed for sales? And Brian's trying to tell me, but I can't. I can't hear him. I don't, I don't listen to him. And as the sounds all good, then I can hear Brian's voice playing. says, Terry, you need to go left. You're going right. Sometimes we need to get away from all the distractions in the world to listen to God's voice. But we're too busy. We're always too busy. This is a promise. You will never follow the voice of a stranger if you know Jesus. Go and tell. Are you willing to go and tell? It's up to you. It's not up to me. I just spread the word. When I teach this class sometimes, this is what I tell them. You've heard what you need to do. So this week, this is what I want you to do. I've got homework for you. I'm going to be the bad teacher. I've got homework to do. I want you to share the gospel with someone today, this week. 
pray or just pray for somebody. And I like to hear some of the results you get. What are some of the results you get? It could be your next door neighbor, it could be a family member, grandchild, co-worker. It doesn't matter who it is. Say, God, first, send me somebody that I can talk to and witness to. If it's baking a piece of pie to take it to a neighbor, do it. If it's somebody like me, got to give to gab, gab with them. Not only will you be blessed, but that person will be blessed. You see somebody in need, help them out. You may be the only angel, only Jesus they see. You ever thought about that? There again, I like I like seeing people come to the altar and get saved. Oh, I'm telling you, I don't have to know your name. I know when my heart goes pit a pat when somebody gets saved, I can't imagine what Jesus and his angels are doing. They're having one big party. Are we gonna fill our church or are we just gonna sit here? It's up to you, Lord. It's up to me. Pastor can't do it all. You know, when we used to invite revival, when we used to be in revivals, the pastor would bring the evangelist uh, and sit on the porch and talk and try to get people in the family or the husband or the wife that wasn't going to church to get them back. There are people that have drifted away from the church for some reason or another. We need to get them back in the church. Because I'll tell you something, the world system is not working. I can tell you that now. So when I get back into the house of God, you don't have to preach at them. I'll never forget, I had the pastor one time, and I'll tell you where I was at, but I also had the pastor one time. <laughs> and we said, he was going to start a church. Now I've helped start two churches, and it's called work. But anyway, we was out calling, and, he's, and there's a big sign on the front porch. If you are from this type of church, this church, this church, this church, don't walk on the door. So I looked at him and said, do we knock on the door? <laughs> I think he wound up knocking on the door and said, Help me get his car with that. But we did. You're going to be turned down. I'm going to tell you this right now. There are times you're going to be turned down. But you know what? You're going to be blessed. Because you planted a seed. Now, when I was able, I love plant gardens. The last garden I planted, I thought, Oh, not anymore. But, you know, even if you witnessed a person and they turned you down, I may come along and start sharing the gospel. Yeah, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so came along and said the same thing you're saying. I just watered the seed. One of you may come along behind me and harvest what we watered, what we what we see, what we watered. Isn't that wonderful? Everybody had a part. What's it going to be? What's it going to be?